Listener warning. This episode contains brief instances of mildly strong and offensive language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Luis and I welcome you to my podcast, The Peace Program. The podcast that brings the best part of you out of you. In this podcast, I will be talking about everything energy from the law of attraction to biblical teachings to spiritual enlightenment to numerology. I will also be talking about a very powerful and important practice of forgiveness, repentance, and transformation called Ho'oponopono, which, by the way, I use in my personal life on an everyday basis. In these uncertain times we are living in, we all need some guidance, inspiration, and uplifting. But most of all, we need healing. We need to know that love and peace are still alive and still reign supreme in this universe. And on this podcast, we will all learn how to have them both in our lives, so we can all learn to live in peace and in harmony once again. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Luis, the Prophet of Peace. I am the eye. I come forth from the void into light. I am the breath that nurtures life. I am that emptiness, that hollowness beyond all consciousness. The I, the it, the all. I draw my bold rainbows across the waters. The continuum of minds with matters. I am the incoming and outgoing of breath. The invisible, untouchable breeze. The undefinable atom of creation. I am the eye. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of all those that lost their lives and their fight with mental illness. May you all be resting in the peace that you could not obtain or find in this lifetime. And hello again. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome again. Welcome. Welcome to the Peace Program, the podcast that brings the best part of you out of you. I am your host, Luis Angel. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Peace Program on this uh, good afternoon, Friday. Good, good Friday afternoon, everybody. How are y'all doing out there? I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's doing being blessed. Uh, it's uh, it's the afternoon here with me, so everybody should be getting out of work today. Uh, good morning, good evening, wherever you guys are listening to me from or whenever you guys are listening to me. Thank you very much for joining me on the Peace Program. Um, here, uh, I'm doing a, I apologize, I'm doing a face a, uh, a YouTube channel as well, a YouTube video. So I'm kind of uh, looking into the YouTube equipment as well. Uh, thank you very much uh, once again. Thank you. Good afternoon. Welcome on on a Friday afternoon. Thank you. Uh, today on the Peace Program, the podcast that brings the best part of you out of you. We're going to do a little bit something different. We're still continuing with the se- the series, uh, part two of the series that I was talking about in my last episode of the pot of the peace program, called "Depression Does Not Know God." That is uh, what I have titled the uh, 
the series up to of this uh, podcast of this episode podcast episode rather um, we're talking about mental health and mental wellness and mental illness yes 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 um, for those of you who are listening to me here on the podcast I'm going to uh, add some excerpts from uh, from my uh, my blog my blog I also do a blog by the way the uh, blog information is also on my uh, in my bio there on uh, both uh, here on the uh, on my uh, anchor platform and on YouTube you, you guys who are watching me on YouTube uh, my uh, my blog is uh, my blog page is called uh, is uh, www.peaceprogram.info that's www peaceprogram.info for those of you who are interested in going there um, you will be able to find all the information that we talk about and we discuss here on my podcast and on my YouTube channels on my YouTube videos rather uh, so in this particular uh, um, this particular day uh, we're going to continue with depression does not know God so I was talking about yesterday um on uh, on the last episode, uh, I was talking about a friend of mine who uh, passed away, um, who basically took his own life. And uh, well, it's a it's a comp- it's a complicated issue. It's a subject. It's a touchy subject. I mean, I know nobody really wants to touch it because nobody really understands mental illness. Nobody understands what it's like to live in depression. Unless, unless, unless you're, um, okay, just a second here, I'm sorry guys, I apologize, um, the video went out on my YouTube, so I'll go ahead and just make a podcast, uh, we'll just do the podcast, I think it's a little bit better, anyway, uh, as I was talking about, um, mental illness is a, it's a very touchy subject to talk about because not everybody wants to talk about it. Not everybody wants to admit it. Not everybody wants to, to put it out there in the world. But me, uh, since I'm a certified counselor, it is my duty to do this. It is my duty to talk about it and to investigate and to uh, discuss all different types of facets concerning mental illness. I mean, mental illness can take the form of... Uh, not just depression, it can take form of uh, other types of uh, mental illnesses. I mean, we're talking about psychosis, we're talking about schizophrenia, we're talking about um, dis- disidentity uh, uh, association, um, or in other words, multiple personality disorders. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's what mental illness can take the form of. But in most cases, it's, it's always depression. This depression and PTSD, another one. That's another one, PTSD. But it mostly takes on the form of depression. And as I was talking about earlier, I have a, web, a, uh, a blog post that I was talking about on my blog post. And I'm going to 
I'm going to include some of the excerpts that I'm reading. I'm basically just reading off of my blog post what I've written. So I'm going to go ahead and do that for you right quick. And then we'll come back after I, after I post uh, the excerpts uh, from a blog post. I'll come back and we'll continue the conversation and discussion. And plus today, of course, Friday being Friday, of course, you know what, you know what day it is. It's Q&A Friday. So, yeah, as soon as we talk about that, we're going to get on, get on to a better, uh, more comfortable subject that I have created for Fridays is called Q&A Friday where where basically I answer questions for my email uh, my email recipients and uh, I basically I need to do this I owe it to them because I have a lot of emails that have uh, that I have not answered and uh, from back in January actually so after I finish with the uh, with the expert excerpt uh, from my blog and uh, with the subject of uh, depression does not know God uh, you hopefully you guys will understand my story and where I'm coming from and we'll dive into a little bit of what uh, I was talking about concerning suicide as well okay well all right guys I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go uh, but first we're gonna get into uh, messages uh, we're gonna hear from our retail sponsors and stand by what is depression before the age of 12 I would often have conversations with the other kids in school and everywhere I spoke to kids. Somehow, we would always end up talking about our parents. I remember that the most, most of the kids I would talk to uh, would not have fathers in their lives. I remember I would always ask the kids, where is your dad? And I would always get two responses. I would either get, my dad is in heaven, or I would get, I don't know my dad. Even as a little boy, somehow just hearing that from them would always make me sad. Then I would always think of myself as lucky to have my dad. Unfortunately and sadly, it would not be for far too long. Dealing with depression during times of crisis. The thing about having a mental illness that no one wants to accept or should I say what everyone wants to avoid is that when a person struggles with depression, the means will always justify the ends. What do I mean by this? I mean that when a person suffers through this, that the per that person doesn't know how to see the light at the other end of the tunnel because all they want, all they are seeing, is what can be done to end their pain. As I have mentioned before in my other blogs and my other podcasts, I've written uh, that I've written and, and I've recorded. Depression is like looking into the eyes of the devil and submitting yourself into every type of sin he tells you to submit to. When I was growing up, I knew from an early age what it was like to be engulfed in deep sadness. Most people will tell you that sadness and depression are different, and in some ways they are. What really makes them different is our reaction. If sadness becomes a part of our everyday life, then yes, eventually it does turn into a depression it becomes depression growing up with clepophile syndrome or kfs dealing with my physical issues would take a bit of a toll on me as a child a lot of times it would interfere with the way i would relate to other kids in school knowing i was a lot different than they were always made me seem always made everything seem challenging for me it wasn't until i was 12 years old that i experienced my first real loss learning to lose the simple definition of what society says depression is, is anger toward, turned inward. As someone who has literally lived with it almost a third of my life, I would say something different. 
In my opinion, simply put, depression Depression is loss. It is the reaction from that loss that brings about the feelings. Basically, you are sad because you lost something that you thought would be around forever. Of course, being this the real world, we all know that there is no such thing as forever. We get sad because a loved one dies. We get sad because we lose a job. We get sad because of loss of a friend or a significant other or someone we deemed as special in our life goes away. I, for one, having clepophile syndrome or KFS was sad over the fact that I was not born normal. Either way we see it, all these losses in our life lead directly to that same sad, lonely, ugly, disappointing road called depression. Up until I was 12, I thought I was a lucky kid because I had my dad. When I was 12, however, he was supposed to go into surgery. He was supposed to have surgery. He went in to have surgery, but he never came out again. The night before, my mother made us boys, my brothers, say our good lucks and goodbyes to him. We were kids. All we knew is that he was going to the hospital tomorrow morning and that was it. I being 12 years old at the time and the oldest of my brothers had some of, somewhat more of an understanding of what was going on. It was supposed to be a simple surgery and then he would be back to his normal self in no time. Sadly, it was not like that. Till this day, I honestly have no recollection of how long he was in the hospital for. All I knew is that he was in a coma and my brothers and I were staying with an aunt of ours while this was happening. Finally, my mother and the rest of my, our aunts and uncles were back from the hospital, but he was not with them. It was then and there that I knew something was not right. In that moment, being back at our house, all my brothers and I wanted to do was watch TV and see our favorite shows. Because being with our aunts, all we watched was what they watched. So we were excited to say the least, or at least I was. With all the excitement about being back at our own place to watch our own TV, I failed to see and feel the emotional energy that was emanating from all of my family, my mom included. Even though I failed to see it, she definitely let us know right away that this was not the time for TV, so she made us turn it off. After a while of us kids trying to figure out what the hell was going on, finally an aunt of ours, one of my aunts, one of my father's sisters, approached us and gave us that dreaded awful life-changing speech that no child wants to ever listen to, but yet becomes inevitable when someone passes away. In our family, the main language that was spoken was Spanish. Your father's not here anymore, she says. He went to heaven, she told us in Spanish. At the moment, I could see that my brothers, being a lot younger than I, had, were having a hard time trying to understand what she was saying. But me, 12 years old, me, I knew exactly what she was talking about. After telling us what happened, I felt as though my whole world fell apart, and I could not do a damn thing about it. This was the first time in my young life I was ever to experience a loss that would literally have a deep impact on how I would see the world from then on. How does it feel to be different? Well, on this podcast, you will see and learn about truth. No BS, no lying, no sugarcoating anything for likes 
or for hits or for downloads. Just raw, driven emotion conversations. Just driven, just raw, driven emotional conversations. As a young boy growing up with clipophile syndrome, KFS, I was all. It was always difficult for me to make friends in school. I never. I was never the outgoing type kid who wanted to be friends with anyone. I just basically let the kids talk to me if they wanted to, and when someone actually took the time and reached out to me and did, they found that on the inside I was no different than they were on the outside. It was about the time my father passed away when I really took notice about how different I really was from the other kids in school. Truthfully, the only one in my family who treated me different was my father. Everyone else in my family, my mother included, always treated me as though I was normal. So it was never a surprise to me to feel abnormal or anything different around my family. By the time I got to high school, I always felt somewhat inferior to even girls. In fact, most of the women that are now my age that went to high school with me would now describe me as a very, a quote, very shy guy when they were in school with me. This is very true. In high school, just like when I was in pretty much in elementary school, I pretty much handled myself in the same manner I did when I was a kid. My life as it is today. Still, till this day, now that I have been alive for almost half of my life, I still operate the same way. If you come up to me and initiate a conversation with me, I will keep it going with you. In general, those who take the time to talk with me are never disappointed. Thankfully, KFS was the only thing I was born with. Clepophile syndrome usually does not affect the brain. In truth, the only thing that makes me different from other people is my physical appearance. Unlike people who are born artistic or with Down syndrome, which does affect the mind in some way or another, I'm quite normal in that aspect. My communication skills are off the chart and my cognitive skills are very keen and I am fully aware of my environment. I have managed to graduate from high school, actually taken some college courses and have actually received some certification on some labels when it comes to learning the courses I have taken. My journey towards self-redemption. This is why I have become a fully certified counselor. I am a student of human nature and it always fascinates me how people treat each other, especially when we are all fully aware of the fact that we are all different. My philosophies on life not only come about based on my own journeys and experiences, but they also come from people's behaviors and their reactions to the things that come about in their everyday lives on a continuous basis. I'm the kind of guy that sees things other people don't see or neglect to see or just plain don't want to see. And then I put it out there for all the world to see and to reflect on. If you can't make someone understand with the truth, then they will never understand at all. Our true differences. One of the things that I have learned in this job that I have been in, and it is certainly something that happens time and time again, whether I am at my job or not, is that the number one human need a person really has is the need to feel important. The two words in a person's mental vocabulary are and will always be I and me. This feeling of importance and recognition is as nourishing to the soul as food and water is to the body. This is why I feel compelled to get out of my own way and help wherever I can assist in the evolution of mental growth and humanity so that other people might not suffer the indignities and injustices of this world the way I did when I was growing up. Thank you.
And we're back. Thank you very much for those of you who stayed tuning in and stayed listening to my story and to my background, my background concerning um, mental health, my mental health situation and my depression situation. Yes, it was kind of a, it was kind of an ugly season in my life. Um, I'm not going to uh, do a, I was planning to do a YouTube video, but I'm not going to go ahead and do one because it's Friday. And and because uh, it's Q&A Friday, I think it's just proper for us to just dive into the question and answer section of the Peace Program, the podcast that brings the best part of you out of you. And all right, ladies and gentlemen, well, I think that before we go on, I think we should dive in a little bit to the subject of, uh, as to what I was talking about in my last episode of the Peace Program. Um, basically... Um, what I said in the last episode of the Peace Program basically came out by inspiration. I mean, because it, uh, it pretty much coincides with the lesson that we all must learn about, uh, about, um, humanity, about humanity. When you show them that you matter, that they matter, you show them that you care. When you show them that they matter, you show them that you care. That's basically the the subject of the whole situation. I mean, everybody talks about being kind to one another and, oh, you don't know what battles people are facing and this and that. So you must learn to be kind to, be, kind to people and whatever. Well, I mean, it's a little bit more than that. It's a little bit more than that. As I was uh, talking about the last episode of the Peace Program, I, uh, the last episode I was talking about kindness. Kindness is just something that fulfills the ego. You being kind to me is basically fulfilling your own ego so you can feel all warm and toasty up inside you. That's what kindness is all about. Oh, be kind, be kind. Fulfill your own ego. Yeah, okay. But we're not talking about you. We're talking about the person that that you're supposed to be kind to. That you're supposed to be directing that supposed kindness to. That supposed kindness to. And it, it, it gets a little bit touchy, that little subject there, because it doesn't matter how kind you are. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. I mean... I, when I was going through my depression, I didn't care if people were kind to me. It didn't matter to me. I didn't care. I still was, at the end of the day, no matter how many, how many people were kind to me, I was still going through what I was still going through. Ain't nobody changed me. Nobody changed me. Not, not, a, not a kind word. Not a kind, generous uh, um, compliment or whatever. Nothing changed me. I was still going through that because it was in me. The, the black cloud that I always keep talking about was following me, okay? And not a kind word in the world would have made that black cloud disappear, okay? So, in essence, kindness is, well, I'm going to be frank with you guys. Kindness is a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. It doesn't matter how kind you are to somebody. No, you show them that you care. 
Show them that you care. You know why? You know how? By showing them that they matter. Okay? When people, when people showed me that I mattered, it would give me that little ray of hope. It was like a little ray of sunshine behind all that black cloud that followed me. Because they were showing me that they cared. And when I know someone cares, I can at least make the effort to care back. You know what I'm saying? When somebody shows me their empathy, I can at least make it an effort to reciprocate that empathy with theirs. But not everybody knows how to do that. See, this is why it's a touchy subject. Because not everybody knows how to be empathetic. Everybody knows how to be kind. Because it's an ego thing. Kindness is an ego thing. And if you want to debate me on this, you, you're free to debate me on this. I don't care. But you better ask somebody. Because if you don't know, then you better get with it. Because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. When you show them they matter, you show them that you care. That's basically what it comes down to. That's basically all it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you this from experience, from my journeys, from somebody who's coming back from that place to where I am now. I'm good now. I'm, I have peace in my heart now. I have peace in my heart. And it took me a long time to accept responsibility for my own bullshit. And that's what needs to be done in most cases. In most cases, that's what needs to be done. One needs to learn to take responsibility for themselves and for their own bullshit that exists from within. No one else. Just me. That's it. No one else. No one can help me. Not a word of not a word of kindness. Not anything. Yeah, people showed me that I mattered. But it wasn't enough for me to make me reflect on my own bullshit. It just has to happen from within. It's something that has to happen from within. And it's very difficult at times because the person who's going through that mental illness is going through a, what I call victimhood. They're living in victimhood. They're the victims. Oh, they're doing this to me or they're doing that to me. Or this did, if this didn't happen, I would have been this. Or if that girl or that guy didn't do this to me or that person didn't do this to me, I would have been like this and this and that, whatever, whatever, whatever. I did that myself too. I spent most of my life doing that BS to myself. And I never accounted anything for it. Until I started learning to accept responsibility for myself. That's when everything started changing for me. That's when everything started developing in, 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 in phrases. And in, it started developing in stages and phases rather. Not phrases, phases. And stages, levels. And once you get to that point, you start learning to accept responsibility for yourself. And guess what? Before you know it, you're little by little, you're getting out of that victim mentality. You're no longer living there. 
And it doesn't take one day at a time like everybody says. Oh, one day at a time, one day at a time. You know, that's what they say in AA and Alcoholics Anonymous. Take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time. Take it from a former alcoholic. One day, one day at a time is not the trick. It's the same thing as mental illness. When you have an addiction, it's, mental, it's basically mental illness. It all correlates together. And it's not one day at a time. It's actually one minute at a time. Minute by minute by minute by minute. That is how someone who lives in depression lives. They learn to live by the minute. Because they don't see themselves here tomorrow. That's the way I was. That's the way I lived. People would tell me when I was in my 20s, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? <laughs> you know what I would say? I would say I see myself dead. 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 But I'm not dead. Obviously, you, you who are listening to this podcast is here to listen to me. I'm not dead. Because I thought I would end up doing that to myself. And I did. I did. I, uh, in season one of my podcast, I talked about my uh, own suicide attempts. And I had eight of them. Eight of them. Later on the peace program and other episodes I will talk about and discuss about the ways about how I would go about doing that stuff to myself. Because it was eight, two, eight attempts. I mean, some people attempt suicide and they do it once and it goes through. Just like my friend. I don't know what he did to himself, but I mean, I'm still not clear about the whole situation. All I know is that he did do that to himself. And, and it makes me sad because he's not here. It, it makes me sad because he had a he had a he had a good heart and he had a lot going for him. And in March, in March, I learned about a an inter an Instagram influencer who also took her own life. And she was a a, a, a sassy, vivacious, lovely girl, and she had a lot of followers on Instagram. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, 2019 came around, and all of a sudden, she said she felt depressed. She was depressed. She didn't know why, but she was depressed. But she even made out an attempt to come out and say that, that she was depressed. And she was getting support. She was getting support from friends, from family. Everybody was supporting her. But as I mentioned in my last episode of the Peace Program, when when a person is depressed, all they want to do is be alone. They want to do everything in their power to push people away. And that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. And that's exactly what this young girl was doing. She was pushing people away. One minute she had a boyfriend. And then the next minute she didn't. Then the next minute she had another boyfriend. Which was like the exact carbon copy of the last boyfriend. And trying to do the same thing she was doing over. Before she got the suicide. Uh, the, uh, before she got the depression thing. So it's tough. It's tough. And that girl also had a lot going for her. She was 29. My friend was, I think, in his late 30s. But still, that's young. Shoot, I'm 48. I I started trying to kill myself when I was 20. Could you imagine that? All the things I would have missed from 20 on down here now, I'm 48 now. All the things I would have missed. Yep. Uh, it's a touchy subject though guys It's a very touchy subject So Anyway Today being Friday I'd like to go ahead and uh, Suffice it by saying Like I mentioned yesterday And I'm also in my last podcast And I'm also mentioning it today 
I'm also mentioning today. The bottom line, guys, show them that you that they matter. Don't be kind. Okay, yeah, be kind. Fulfill your egos, okay? Fulfill your egos so you can feel all warm up and toasty inside of you. You know, all warm up and toasty up inside of you. Okay, go ahead. Just show kindness to them. But also show them that they matter. Okay, show the people around you that they matter. So they can see that you care. Okay, so they can see you care. That's what I'm going to leave you guys with. As far as this subject is concerned. Show them they matter so they can see that you care, okay? Anyway, now let's go on. It's still early. <clears throat> it's still early in the podcast, so let's go ahead and move on to our favorite section of the podcast of the Peace Program for Fridays, which is Q&A Fridays. So, once again, I thank you guys for joining me, those of you who are still listening to me. Uh, I'm trying to make these podcasts as short as, they can, as short as I can, but obviously there's a lot to talk about <clears throat> when it comes to... Uh, Especially when it comes to mental illness. There's a lot to talk about. There's, a, there's many things that we can talk about and discuss concerning these issues. And I will get to them. Trust me. I will get to them eventually. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and just go on to the question and answer section. Right now, I have a question from Esther H. Esther H. writes, Hello, Louie. Two things. Can empaths also be narcissists? At least on the onset. And second, does anyone else have a problem (laughs) with stupid people? It sounds harsh. I tolerate those who are naive simply because they've not lived as I have. But for me, there is no reason for stupidity. What say you, Louis? (laughs) All right, then. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that, uh, Esther. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, one of the things about uh, the Internet is we got all kinds of flashy words floating around right now. Internet is famous for that stuff. You know, we have the word toxic. Everybody likes to use the word toxic now. We use it on videos. We use it in, 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 in our words when we're communicating with people online. Oh, toxic, toxic, toxic. And then we use empaths. Oh, I'm an empath. I'm an empath. Oh, this and that, whatever, whatever. And then uh, the other word, narcissist. Oh, there's nar- they're narcissistic, narcissistic. I have no narcissistic people, people. I studied psychology. That's why I'm a counselor. I understand the narcissistic mind. The narcissistic mind is the total opposite of the empath. The empath is someone, and I'm an empath. This is someone who picks up on energies that nobody understands, that nobody that nobody else can figure out or nobody else can feel. That's what an empath is. An empath does things with feeling. Narcissistics do things with their ego. That's the difference, Miss Esther. In case you're listening to me, that is the difference. An empath does things because they feel them. Narcissists do them because of their ego. That's why. That's the difference. And they're not even as close to each other as people want to mix them up with. It's, it's a total opposite. It's the total opposite. The narcissist, the narcissistic 
personality is basically an asshole. An asshole. And sometimes they don't know they're being assholes, but they're assholes. But it comes from their gender. It comes from their background. It comes from their memories, their, what people did to them in the beginning in their past. An empath feels things from the beginning of time. I can remember the year in my years when I was young and I would even even with my mother I would uh my mother would go pick me up from school and I would sit in the car and the minute I'd sit in the car it was like a bucket of ice water just dumped on me because I would feel her feelings I would, I could feel when she was upset I can feel when she was mad I can feel when she was angry I can feel when she was sad and I hated it I hated it and this was when we're just, I'm talking about when we were younger, mind you. When we were younger. So, yeah, I mean, there's a total difference between a narcissist and an empath. So, don't get those two twisted. Don't get them twisted, guys. Don't get them twisted because they ain't the same. All right? Anyway, my sister, I'm going to go ahead and message you back with this answer again as well. Uh, by the way, once again, uh, those of you. Uh, who are just tuning into the peace program? I'm doing Q and A Friday today, and we were touching on a subject called "Depression Does Not Know God." Anyway, uh, we have question number two, and it says, uh, "Hello, Louis. Am I the only one that will be stabbed in the back over and over, and still be put put my head out to the people stabbing me because I still see good in people?" A lot of my friends think I'm. I don't want to use the word dumb. <laughs> but dumb for forgiving easily and moving forward. I just feel holding on to negative thoughts and energy is draining, and I'd rather see the positive even if people are broken. Well, good for you, Miss Nancy. This question comes from Nancy H. Good for you, Miss Nancy. I appreciate the attitude. And yes, don't worry about people that stab you in the back. People that stab you in the back are for their own purposes. It's for their own purpose. It's like you can't get mad at people like that. For real. You you really can't. You just have to be smart about it though. When you learn to be smart about it. You know who you can have around you. And who you don't need around you. When you learn to be smart. It's not about you being dumb or whatever. It's about you being smart. Learning from your past experience. Learning from the people that did that to you. That quote unquote stabbed you in the back. In the past. See, you got to learn to differentiate those that need you versus those that want you. You know, those, those that want you are the ones that will use you. I always used to say back in the day, actually a pastor of mine used to say, um, they're, you're either, they're, you either have parasites in your life or you have protégés in your life. A parasite is one who wants what you want. Uh, 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 well, let me let me say it this way. A protege will always want what you have in your heart. A parasite will always want what you got in your hand. I'm going to say it again. The parasite is always going to be the one that wants what you got in your hand. Versus the protege. The protege will always be the one who wants what you got in your heart. Now, which one do y'all think is more valuable? The parasite or the protege? Yeah. I guess I'm thinking, I'm hoping you guys will say protege. I'm hoping. I don't know. 
Anyway, Miss Nancy, that's a pretty good observe, uh, observation from you. And no, no, no. Well, people are broken. People, yes, the, that's a definite thing. But you're not dumb. Uh, you you can forgive. You can forgive. There's there's no there is no bad nothing wrong with forgiveness. I mean, forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. At the end of the day, forgiveness isn't for them. They don't give a fuck what they did to you. They don't care. They really don't. Unless they were sincere about it and came back to you and wrote to you and said, hey, you know what, I apologize. I was going through this and this and that, whatever, whatever, whatever. But basically, you're, talking, you're, you're dealing with people who just don't give a fuck. It's not your problem. Your problem is to continue being a happy person. That's your problem. That's your, and actually it's not even a problem. It's a blessing. Your blessing is to continue being happy so that the other people around you could be happy with you. You understand? That's the purpose of life. Happiness. Happiness bestows on peace. When you have inner peace in your heart, you have everything. Just focus on that inner peace that you got, Miss Nancy, and you'll be all right. Okay? I guarantee you, you'll be all right. Okay? Thank you very much for that question, and I will go ahead and email you back with that answer as well, in case you weren't listening to me in this uh, podcast. And I think we have time for one more. Let's see. He lives. Let's see. Louis. Hello, Louis. I'm... Curious what you consider ethical in regards to charging money for healing services. <laughs> oh, right. I understand energy ex- exchange and time, etc. But as for how much to charge someone, what's fair when everyone is making different wages and has different relationships to money? Well, thank you very much there. <laughs> I appreciate that question there. Okay. Well, here, basically, we're talking about a talent. We're talking about a career. I mean, it's more than a talent that you obviously think you possess. You're looking at it as a career. You want to make a career out of it. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, lawyers, lawyers make up to $200 an hour. I don't know what kind of person you want to call yourself, but I'm sure you 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 have to work. You have to work to uh, achieve those academic pedigrees that must be necessary for you to be able to charge those two hundred dollars that lawyers charge. See, me as a as a counselor, me, I can give myself the luxury to charge whatever I want. See. Because before, whereas before, I was just working as a consultant a spiritual consultant if you will my my duty is basically involved working with numbers just just telling people emailing people with their numbers and uh, giving them information and and for the advice that they were seeking from me concerning the numbers but now that I'm a certified counselor I give myself the luxury to charge a little bit more because I'm wrapping it around with my own academic pedigree see so whatever it is you choose to charge or whatever it is you're choosing to work with I mean it's good if you call yourself a life coach or whatever I mean we got a whole bunch of people doing stuff like that and it's just it's a bunch of bullshit personally but whatever you know it's your world girl it's your world. We're just, you know, we're just living in it. You go to get, you get to charging whatever you want to charge, but you make sure that you work for what you charge. Okay? You make sure you work for what you charge. And what I'm talking about is 
make it worthwhile for the client and for yourself. Because if it's something that's going to be a hindrance to you, a nuisance to you, then why would you even bother? No, don't bother doing that. That's not cool. That wouldn't be a good thing for your life. Do something productive, not just for yourself, but for the people that you want to help. The people that you want to uh, charge or the people that you want to inspire. Okay? Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and leave you, leave you that. That uh, was a good question. I appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and write to you as well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and elaborate on that with you. So choose, should you choose to call me back or write me back, you're more than welcome to. And we'll discuss what we can do in options or whatever and concerning uh, furthering your career or whatever you want to develop in yourself or whatever you want to do. All right. Well, thank you very much. That was a pretty good question. I appreciate that. And let's see here. Um, I believe we might have time for one more question here. I believe. I think. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay. Here's a quick one. This one is by Tom G. Tom G. And he says, Louis, how does one process rejection after being used like a toy? Oh, my God, this is a good one. I like that. Thank you very much, Mr. Tom. I appreciate you uh, with that question. Well, let me answer this question real quick. And this is an easy one. How does one process rejection after being used like a toy? Well, you don't process rejection. You don't have to process anything. You could change it. You can change rejection by giving yourself peace. That's how you process it. By taking responsibility for you. By taking responsibility for you, you are helping yourself. And no, and and this is not, this is not a movie, okay? You be calling yourself a toy that you were being used like a toy. I mean, that's 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 because you put yourself out there, buddy. You put yourself out there in the game. You put yourself out there in the game like a toy. Take responsibility for that, sir. Learn to take responsibility for that. Replace that rejection with peace. Okay? Learn to play learn to replace the rejection with peace. Okay? That's all I've got to say about that one. Okay? I'm gonna go ahead and email you with this question because it's a little bit it needs a little bit more discussion and detail because this is all the, the this is the only information with all due respect that you provided for me. And thank you very much once again. I appreciate you. So, anyway, guys, thank you very much. And uh, that was the last of the questions of uh, Question and Answer Friday. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for being here with me on the Peace Program, the podcast that brings the best part of you out of you. Uh, we'll get together again on Sunday, and we'll talk about the Bible. <laughs> I love talking. Two things that I love talking about personally are the Bible and numbers. The Bible and numbers. Because they both coincide with energy. God's energy. Okay. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to me. I appreciate you guys uh, everywhere. I was going to make a YouTube channel, a uh, YouTube video on this uh, interesting topic. But unfortunately, my YouTube video equipment got messed up a little bit. I'm going to have to look into it and see what's going on there. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining me on this uh, 
special episode of Q&A Friday on the Peace Program, the podcast that brings the best part of you out of you. I am your host, Louis, or Luis Angel. Um, you guys can reach out to me and message me uh, with the following information or at the following information that I'm about to uh, display for you on the podcast, okay? Anyway, how do I always leave you guys? Never, ever take your lives for granted. And as my cousin used to always say, be blessed. Thank you. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Peace Program, the podcast that brings the best part of you out of you. All the information we discussed here today can also be found on my personal blog post at www.peaceprogram.info. That's www.peaceprogram.info. For questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, about anything you've heard here on the podcast here today, you can reach out to me at theprofitofpeace at gmail.com. That's theprofitofpeace at gmail.com. Thank you once again for tuning in. We'll talk to y'all next week. Peace be with you. All my peace. The peace that is I. Peace that is I am, the peace for always, now and forever and forevermore. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Not the world's peace, but only my peace, the peace of I. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I forgive myself. Mm-hmm.